Hey, hey, and welcome to uh, the Run of the Mills podcast, and today we are Roman through Romans, and we are on uh, chapter three. We're going to try to finish up chapter three today. I'm going to back up a little bit because you know I like to be redundant, and uh, that helps us because how do we learn? Well, one of the main ways we learn is through repetition, and so uh, we're going to repeat some of this stuff, and that will help us keep track of it for the long term so that we can use it. And uh, what good is God's word if you don't use it, right? Okay, so we've been talking about uh, Paul's declaration that he is not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for all who believe, first to the Jew and then to the Greek. That's Romans 1.16. And then he goes on to talk about how everyone is guilty. And he breaks that down in chapter one as the blatant sinners, then those who... um, those who approve of the practice of the blatant sinners, though they don't do it themselves. And uh, then in chapter two, you've got uh, the uh, the self-righteous and the super-religious. And so now chapter three is kind of bringing it all together, making that point that there's no one righteous, no, not one. And so we're going to back up to about verse 21 just for context's sake. And uh, we're going to go through 31. So 10 verses. Woo! But a lot of these we did before. So if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I would encourage you to go back so that you understand uh, the full context of uh, what we're talking about. It says, but now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So again, he's talking about that that ability to be right with God is, is a possibility, but it's been revealed that the answer to the problem is, uh, is not through the law, not through following all the rules and um, Jewish customs and such. All right. So he says there's a righteousness apart from the law, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there's no difference, which is kind of uh, might be revolutionary to some of them that are listening. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which is, of course, the point he's making being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. And so this is kind of a tricky verse, but the first thing he comes out, he says, where's our boasting? Well, see, the the point being that if I kept the law, I would have something to boast about. I would be able to be in heaven bragging about how I made it there on my own. I did it. I pulled it off. Uh, I've kept all the law, and therefore I could boast. And his point, of course, is that what can you boast about? Where is boasting? Uh, It's excluded uh, because you have nothing to boast about. And this is the thing about grace is that uh, when it comes to grace, a gift, if you have a, if you have a gift, you, you don't really brag about how great you are. Um, It's more of the idea of the giver of the gift. Uh, my grandma gave me uh, the Millennium Falcon for Christmas when I was a kid, and I took it to school for show and tell. 
And I didn't brag about how I did so much to earn the money because I didn't. I got to show my classmates my prized possession that I got as a gift. And if anything, anyone was glorified in all that, it was most likely my grandma. Your grandma's awesome. So anyway, uh, we don't have anything to boast about. Um, it's excluded. By what law of works? He says, no, but by the law of faith, which is kind of an odd thing to say because we don't think of the law like a law of, the law of faith. But he's contrasting, again, um, the idea of fulfilling the law on your own or having the law fulfilled through Jesus and believing that he did that on your behalf. And uh, so that's kind of the, the differentiation. And so there he gets to verse 28 and he says, therefore, therefore. So he's going from, uh, this is one of those things that Paul does a lot. He, when he says, therefore, you need to pay attention because he's saying, in light of what I just told you, this is the conclusion or this is what you should do. And in this one, he tells us the conclusion. He says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And again, this would be pretty revolutionary to any Jewish listener. And uh, that, and again, Paul is um, anticipating that. So, and he's, he's almost like setting them up. So let's for, verse 29. Or is he the God of the Jews only? I mean, is God, is God a localized God? Because again, remember in ancient times, there were a lot of ideas of localized gods. You have that story of, of Naaman in the Old Testament when Elisha um, has Naaman go dunk himself in the water seven times and he comes back and he wants to take some soil home um, with him because there was this idea of like the God of this dirt, of this area, this regional God. And our God is not a God just of the Jews. God didn't just create the Jews. God created all, all people. He's not a God that is limited to one nationality. Um, it says, uh, or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised by faith. So um, this is one of those interesting things. Again, this act of circumcision that, uh, for the the Jew was a part of their uh, their old the, what we call the old covenant and the the Abrahamic covenant, and so by by saying this, he's saying that look that circumcision might have identified you as a Jew, but it doesn't get you into heaven. Um, the whole purpose of the law, again, as we talked about this before, is to make you see your need for a savior, to get you on your knees and say I. I can't do it. I, I've fallen short time and again. And, uh, and again, this is one of those things we need to be very careful about in the, in the church that we don't put, um, certain acts of obedience, um, make them part of salvation. We talk about things like communion or, or baptism, things that are things that we've been told to do, um, that we've been instructed to do, but they don't save us. Um, they are things we do because we're saved, not in order to save us. Um, so verse 31, he says, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. And so he's saying, look, we're not saying that the law is useless. We're not throwing the law away. In fact, the law is serving its purpose. The law's purpose is to show us our need for a savior, to show us our need for, for, uh, for redemption, our need for justification to be made righteous. We're not right. We're lost and we're in big trouble. That's the, the purpose. It's done its job. It doesn't, it's not, um, our faith doesn't void the law. Our, our faith, he says, uh, 
establishes the law. It says, look, this this was the reason for it. It's uh, we by trusting in Jesus as the fulfillment of the law. Well, if there was no law, how could he be the fulfillment of the law? Uh, that would be kind of an odd thing. And so it points to him and it's not made void, um, made void mean like made empty or, you know, that idea of like a canceled check void, forget this. It's uh, it's not important anymore, that kind of thing. So um, this again would be a point where the, maybe the typical Jew or the Jew at the time might say like, wait a minute, uh, I have, I have some serious problems with this. I have, I, this is, this is contrary to what I've been taught and what I've been told in my understanding of things like circumcision and my th understanding of things like the law. And so Paul is going to take on some of these things. I think the big one he's going to take on, well, I know what he's going to take on because I've, I've read ahead, but what he's, he's going to talk about this whole idea of, do you have to be circumcised to be justified, to be made righteous or declare, rather declared righteous? Do you have to be circumcised? Because he said that God will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. And so Paul is going to take on that point in the next chapter, chapter four. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't, well, get your money back. God bless you. Have a great day.